Hello and welcome to the Yarniax podcast. This is episode number 239, which we are recording on Sunday, February 21st, 2021, which if you write it out is 02212021. I love that. I'm Gail. <laughs> and I'm Charlene. And what are you wearing today? I am wearing an oldie but a goodie. And actually, now that I look at my Ravelry page, it's not that old. I made it in 2017. This is a sweater that you and I have made multiples of. It's called Confetti by designer Vera Falimaki. And this one I made in Dragonfly Fibers Pixie. It's a single ply yarn. And one skein of Neighborhood Fiber Company Rustic Fingering. And if I remember correctly, I bought both of these skeins at Stitches, two different Stitches West events, and managed to put them together for one project. Nice. Which is very cool. Gotta love it when that happens. Yeah. I mentioned that Gail and I have both made this sweater multiple times, and it's a very, very basic top-down raglan with A-line shaping. We've made variations on stripes, solids, fades, and it's just one of those patterns that is basic enough that you can do a lot of different things with it, and it's extremely wearable, and I do wear it a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a good blank canvas sweater, I think. It would yes. be a great first sweater pattern for someone. Yeah, it absolutely remains one of my favorites. In fact, I have been considering making another one. So that says a lot. Confetti by Vera Valamaki. What are you wearing, Gail? I've been wearing My Big Sister by Hinternstein, which is one of my Yay. recent finishes. And I love that sweater. As I was writing my show notes, I was thinking, what is it I love about this sweater? I love the length of it, it's mid-thigh. I love the weight of it. It's a woolen spun DK weight yarn, so it's very lofty. And I love the pockets. A lot of my pockets in my hand knits are either a bit too small or they're not quite in the right place or, you know, they aren't really functional. But this, this sweater, the pockets are fantastic. They're right where your hands are. They're big enough to hold a phone. They're big enough to hold your entire hand so that your hands stay warm if you're outside. It's just a great sweater. I highly recommend it. And it was a fun knit as well. So that's Big Sister by Hintermstein. What have you been stalking? All right. I have been looking at a few things. Not an incredible amount of stocking going on, but I have found a couple of fun things. The first one is a little freebie pattern. And why don't I see it here? There we go. It is called Rustic Little Heart. And it is designed by Heidi Kiermeyer, who is the designer of, let's see, I have knit Heidi Kiermeyer's Buttercup, her Nanook, and Chance of Showers pattern. So I've knit three patterns by Heidi Kiermeyer. I didn't even realize I had knit that many of hers. And Rustic Little Heart was something, I think she may have released this for Valentine's Day. I don't remember. I don't think I saw it in time for Valentine's Day. But it's just a little knit heart that you can use for an ornament. Maybe you could use it for a bookmark. You could use it for a little something, a little design piece on a hat or on a sweater or a fob very, very cute a little yeah, fob for your yes your exactly scissors yeah yes and it looks like it's all garter stitch it says it takes 15 yards of worsted weight yarn so who doesn't have that like no kidding <laughs> and yeah just very very cute little freebie pattern on Ravelry the second thing I have been stocking is a New pattern from Martina Beam. Now, I didn't look up. I know I've knit a couple of... Oh, I know what I knit by her. I knit the Volkig cowl. And Viajant. Oh, yes, mm -hmm. that's right. So I've knit a couple of Martina Beam's patterns as well. 
And this one is called Circle and Square. So Circle and Square has some interesting construction. It's a hat, I should say. First off, it's a hat that takes advantage of a color-changing yarn to show off the striping. And it, it does that in concentric circles. So it starts out small, gets bigger and bigger as it goes towards the top of the hat. And somehow the pattern page says you start with a circle and end with a square. I'm not sure where the square ending is because the photos that I looked at, even of the hat laying flat, it, it's hat shaped, it's not square. So I'm not sure what she means by that, but I also haven't looked at the pattern either. But it's just very, very cool. It looks like if you've ever thrown a pebble in a pond and you've seen oh. the concentric circles go mm -hmm. outward, getting bigger and bigger, that's what it looks like. The very bottom of the brim of the hat has the tiny little circle and then they get bigger and bigger and bigger out from the brim of the hat. So it is not knit in the traditional way a hat often is where you start in the round on the brim and you go up it's knit somehow in these concentric circles interesting yeah it's very interesting and it's cute and yeah it looks like something that would be fun to try so that is circle and square by martina beam and then the last one that i am stocking i'm i just think it's cute and i mentioned this on our Zoom call on Saturday because I thought it was a really adorable sweater with a bear yoke, bear, bear pattern on the yoke of the sweater. It's called the unbearable hoodie. And then there is also a matching kids version. And I can't remember what the kids version is called. Oh, mini unbearable hoodie. That was hard. <laughs> <laughs> and the kids version has the bear pattern that is on the yoke of the adult sweater and on the kids version it is around the torso of the sweater so it's very very cute it's a color work stranded pattern so uh it's probably not something that i would make I joked that what I really want is somebody to make it for me. So I need to, you know, and who's going to do that? But it's one of those things that it's just adorable. And I suggested to Gail that she add this one to her queue for the new grandbaby. But <laughs> I don't know if that will happen. <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue into what I'm stalking because okay. I added the unbearable hat which is oh, the same thing, theme the by the version, exactly, yes. and the designers yes. are Les Garçons. And oh, thank you for mentioning that. I think I forgot to mention that. They it, all I think all of the designs are in DK weight yarn, and after Charlene, we had this whole conversation about it on Zoom, and on the Zoom call yesterday, and as soon as we were off the call, I looked at the hat pattern and I purchased it immediately. Oh, you did. <laughs> and Charlene had suggested I knit a sweater for Wesley, who is due in April, my grandson-to-be. Well, he's already here. He, my grandson that exists but isn't on the outside yet, I should say. <laughs> he is set to arrive on in April. April 23rd. <laughs> and Charlene suggested I knit a sweater for Wesley in the same colors I did for Alex and Olivia last year. So I would avoid the... What would eventually happen if I knit different colors for Wesley, Alex would say, oh, will you knit me and Olivia matching sweaters right. so all three of us can have the same sweater? So Charlene preemptively said, you should knit Wesley a sweater in those same colors. So that this way it matches what already has been knit. Exactly. Which was a brilliant <laughs> suggestion, which led me and Alex down this rabbit hole about sweaters for boys. And I'm not going to knit him a sweater. But what I am going to do is knit the hats in the same colors for both Olivia and Wesley. So they'll Excellent. have matching unbearable hats, which are oh, going to be adorable and yeah, will match Olivia's really sweater. Cute. So that's Very my plan. Cute. I already pulled out the yarn. I purchased the pattern oh, and I'm ready to go. Wonderful. Yeah, I'm wonderful. excited. <laughs> it was one of those good like 
spark of, ooh, I can't wait to knit this. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll be... Yeah, that new pattern feel. Exactly. <laughs> Wesley's, at least, will be a little bit on the small side. Olivia already has almost an adult-sized head, so I'll probably yeah. knit the small adult for her. But anyways, it'll be a little faster than a regular size hat. And I think it'll be a fun knit. It will. Oh, it's going to be so cute. They're so cute. Oh my gosh, those little (laughs) bears are precious. Yeah. And their noses are little hearts. Oh, just great attention to detail on that. And the second thing I'm stalking also had that pattern spark of excitement because I've been talking about wanting to do a scrappy boxy because I'm copying Robbie and I want my scrappy boxy in pink, of course. And I keep thinking of different variations on how I can achieve a scrappy pink sweater without all the scraps (laughs) I need to do a boxy. So I went and had a little dive into my stash two days ago, and I literally was like throwing bags of yarn onto my bed. Everything I could find in pink in lace weight was on my bed. And I was able to pair up out of my stash enough leftovers of lace weights in pink and matching mohair silk lace weights in pink so the colors might not be exactly the same but they're close enough that I can hold the two doubled to make a striped sweater so my next question was what pattern do I want to use it won't be a boxy so maybe stripes the sweater by Andrea Mowry but the gauge on that is pretty fine I think it's 26 inches over pardon me 26 stitches over four inches And I realized I wanted a light, airy sweater like ranunculus. But I don't think I want to knit the ranunculus pattern even without the lace in sleeves. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, in stripes. So Charlene yesterday said, why don't you use Hohe's super simple summer sweater pattern, which I think is exactly what I'm going to do. So holding those two lace weights together knitting them on a larger needle to get a nice open airy fabric so that that sweater just feels like a draping of cobwebs over my body. So I'm so (laughs) excited. I have the yarn. I was able to source everything out of my wonderful, dearly loved stash, except I didn't have a hot pink, think pink outliner, highlighter pen, pink color of mohair lace. So I scored it off someone's D stash and she's going to be mailing it to me soon. Other than that, everything came out of my stash, which is such a good feeling. That's I love it. So great. I'm doing a happy dance. (laughs) That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, I'm very excited about this project. So I've already swatched. And once I do the gauge math to decide what size I should cast on, I will be casting on my third super simple summer sweater, all in very different fabrics. It's cool. You know, so many times knitters who stash disparage the fact that they have too many single skeins. And it's so fun when you can find creative ways to use those single skeins and pair them up together. And this isn't even single skeins. These are scraps. Yeah, they're scraps from ranunculus, both of my ranunculus sweaters, my like a cloud sweater, different. What was the other one? The Solasta sweater. So mm-hmm. that's even better when you're using yeah. up your scraps. Oh my Definitely. gosh. Happy, happy, happy. Definitely. <laughs> so that was a long story about stocking, which originated from an idea in my head, thanks to Robbie. And then there's one real pattern also that I've been stocking that wasn't thanks to Charlene or Robbie. It's called Schneeflocken, and it's by Sarah Solomon, who is known as Into the Wool. It is a beautiful Norwegian colorwork sweater. It's knit bottom up in fingering weight yarn, and it has a traditional Norwegian snowflake motif in it. And there is patterning at the bottom. There's the patterning on the circular yoke, and then there's patterning on the cuffs. And the colors the designer used are a very dark, dark gray. No, I think it's black against a lighter gray. And it's stunning. It's such a beautiful sweater. I saw that and instantly thought, oh my goodness, what stash could I use for that? And I think I might have something that would work in stash, but we'll see. Awesome. So that's Schneeflocken by Sarah Solomon. And what have you been knitting? Okay, so last time I told you the story 
of stocking an acetricosa pattern, and I picked one called Bento Boxy that I really liked. It's a boxy sweater, and it's named after Bento Boxes, but it's spelled B-O-K-S-Y instead of B-O-X-Y. And so I'm assuming that it it is an homage to Hohe's boxy sweater without using the same title <laughs> that like she it. used. Yeah, but bento boxy. So it is a, a squarish, positive ease sweater with drop shoulder shaping, knit, it says seamless. It's not really, well, I haven't finished it. It might, by the time we finish, it might be seamless. It's very unusual construction and it is a new construction to me. So I'm not quite sure where we're headed with it. You start out at the top, which has a funnel neck and you use a contrasting yarn on the inside of the funnel neck. You use the same contrasting yarn throughout the sweater for contrast cuffs. There's contrast stitching in areas on the sweater and then a, also a contrast hem. So it's been slow going for me because like I said, this is new construction and there's also a lot of techniques that I have to sit down and figure out the instructions for. It it becomes clear after a little while, but her pattern writing is a little bit different. For example, the upper back of the shoulders is written with short rows. So not a problem. It's written with the kind of short rows. I can't remember. There's so many versions of short rows. This this is the kind of short row where the short row technique is you pull the stitch over the top of the needle and then there's the two stitches that get knitted together. Do you remember German. which? Was that German, German short, short rows? I okay. Think so. so, but she doesn't write it out like that way like she doesn't say this is this is a short short row okay. round or whatever she writes it out like when you get there you knit one and then she has the little carrot symbol pointing upward so you knit one up so basically you you or slip it's a slip. So you slip oh. one up. So you slip the stitch and then you pull it up. Oh, she okay. has like the little arrow that points up. So it's written with a SL1 and then an arrow pointing up. Interesting. Which is, yeah. And I had no idea what that meant at first. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the stitch key and I'm reading the description and I'm doing it. And then it dawns on me that oh this is just a short row this is all it is so it's taken me you know it's it's slow going because it's the pattern is written differently so her like I said her her stitch nomenclature is different I've got to learn that and there's a lot of new little techniques in here so it's fun cool yeah it is kind of cool the one part the back of the sweater has a little contrast color patch on the back, center back, like between the shoulder blades. And it's just a little square. It's just a little color feature. And she double knits that. And I double knitted at first and I just, it looked really messy. So I have to take that out and figure out what to do about that. Double knitting is usually pretty cool and magical. And I think she also uses double knitting, which is when you knit as if you're just knitting your regular fabric, but you, with a combination of slip stitches, you're actually creating two pieces of fabric. And so I believe the 
pocket is knit double knit and i know that when i've done double knit pockets before it's like magic Hmm. you knit it and all of a sudden you get to the point and you can open it up and there's this magical pocket there so wow i can't wait oh you've never i don't think i've ever done that no that sounds fascinating it is really cool so i look forward to doing it on the pocket i'm not sure about the back though i think because it's got two colors it just it looks messy, but maybe once I knit past it a little bit, it'll I'll be able to neaten it up a little bit. We'll see. But that is Bento Boxy by Asa Tricosa. And that's the only thing left that I'm knitting on right now. Oh. Yeah. One project. So how about you? Yeah. Well, because I've finished a couple things. Got it. So... What are you working on, Gail? I have two things on the needles only at the moment. I'm ready to cast on some new things too. My first one is Lead the Way, which is a rectangular wrap by Megan Doherty. And I used a bunch of my minis and scraps to create this beautiful chevron rainbow. The whole pattern is written so that there's a one main color and then one section of it is colored stripes depending on what colors you choose from mini skeins or leftovers for example and i did a rainbow which is it just makes me so happy it's gorgeous yeah it's really pretty it's just gorgeous (laughs) i don't know if charlene can see in this light but it really makes me happy i think that's going to be the shawl that forces you to no i shouldn't say force convinces me going to be the shawl that starts appealing to you to wear shawls i think you're right I think so. It's really pretty. Just the colors make me so happy. That's Lead the Way by Megan Doherty. And I'm also chugging away on the Lee Blanket by Kate Oates, which is the second blanket I'm knitting for Wesley. And this one is in Tosh Sport Weight Yarn in the colorway Nocturne, which is a beautiful deep navy blue. And the more I knit with it, the more I just want a sweater in that colorway. It's so pretty. It's gorgeous. It has just the right amount of tonality to it that gives it that depth of color. Oh, it's just gorgeous. And again, I think I mentioned on the last episode, but I wanted to restate the fact that this is a reversible blanket pattern. So for people who like that feature in their blankets, Mm -hmm. I highly recommend it. It's a really nice blanket. So that's the Lee Blanket by Kate Oates. And those are the two things I'm knitting. Okay. We would like to thank our sponsors, Marion for Marionated Yarns and Katie of Katinka Designs. Marion, the dyer behind Marionated Yarns, and Katie of Katinka Designs share a love of pop culture and 80s kitsch. When Marion said she wanted to put together a mixed gradient set with the working title of Ode to John Cusack, Katie immediately knew she wanted in. Together, they chose a palette with both a strong callback to the 80s and a contemporary appeal. With colorways pulled from the movie posters of Say Anything, Better Off Dead, Gross Point Blank, and High Fidelity. In Sheldon's Say Anything kit, the vibrant yarn is paired with two shades of dusty blue and a loving nod to the era's stonewashed denim. (laughs) I can't say those words without laughing. An easy but addictive slip stitch pattern allows the colors to shine. And the kit includes enough yarn to knit both the Say Anything Cow and upcoming Say Anything Hat, or a wider Infinity Cow. Of course, it includes perfectly themed extras and other goodies too. Kits with other available color options are currently available for pre-order on the Marionated Yarns website and will ship around February 25th. So please check out the Marionated website, and Katie's designs. We will have both linked in both the Ravelry group and the show notes. And this is a perfect spot to do a plug for our show notes. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yarniacs.com. If you are one of the people who takes notes while listening to the podcast because you don't want to forget a pattern name, you don't have to. Charlene <laughs> lovingly, every episode, puts links to all the patterns we've talked about in our show notes. So you can go there and just click to see not only if we talk about a pattern, she'll link to the pattern page specifically and to either the one she knit or I knit. So the show notes are a great place to visit. And every once in a while, I'll miss something and folks will kindly let me know. So 
take a look and we hope the show notes are useful to you. And we also want to thank people who kindly let us know when there are glitches in the podcast. Last episode, we have a we had an issue with our hosting provider and all of the episodes were suddenly unavailable. And I wouldn't have <laughs> known that if you guys hadn't told us in the Ravelry group. So thank you very much for letting us know when there's some kind of problem. We appreciate yeah, it. Very helpful. And thank you, Marion and Katie. So what have you finished? Okay, first thing, I finished a hat. I should just call it the no pattern hat because I just <laughs> cast on a number of stitches and knit ribbing and then knit stocking it and then decreased basic hat. I'm kind of looking for an all-purpose me pattern that has all the elements of hat knitting that I like so that I can just have one of those on the needles at all times. <laughs> That's a brilliant idea where you know all yeah. the numbers and yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm kind of working on that and that hat will go into the donation pile because I don't want to have what happened in 2020 happened in 2021 when hat season and donation season arrives and I have nothing to spare, nothing in the pile. So this year, I think I'm already a little bit ahead of myself because you know how that goes, Gail. Eventually, I'm going to hit a month, a dry hat month, and I'm not going to knit a hat or I'm mm -hmm. not going to feel like knitting a hat exactly. or I'm going to forget for three months. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly you're behind. And, and suddenly ahead. I'm behind, exactly. So I think I'm actually a little bit ahead now and I've got a few hats put away and I'm ready for a donation season this upcoming winter. Yay. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So I finished one of those. And as we knit or as we chat, I've cast on another one. So I'm continuing, continuing the hat knitting. And then the second thing I've finished is a big finish. I have finished my Susurus pullover pattern by Hohilo Gatelli. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Susurus is a pullover sweater knit in alternating stripes of mohair lace yarn and a smooth lace yarn. And the mohair lace stripes are knit in stockinette and the smooth lace stripes are knit in a lace pattern is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I kind of blanked out there, but a lace pattern. So they look different. They're on my sweater, two different shades of gray. And I really enjoyed making this one more than I thought I would. It, I'm it glad. Went, yeah, it went very quickly. Since the smooth lace section is knit in a lace pattern, I wasn't sure I would always want to be working on it because you know how that is. Sometimes you just want to pick up and knit stockinette. Mm -hmm. And it was the the stripes were 15 rounds of one, 15 rounds of the other. And I wasn't sure how that would go. But the lace was simple enough that it kept me going. And then you just kind of want to finish that stripe. I agree. And then one more stripe. And yeah. <laughs> that's I how totally stripes agree. go. Yeah. And it was an easy to memorize lace pattern, which isn't yeah. always true for me. But same. Usually I have to look. So I, I don't think I was able to memorize this one, but I was able to keep going with it fairly quickly. So I'm very happy. So the pattern by Hohi Locatelli goes from a size 33 through a size 64. And I use less yarn than called for in the pattern because I shortened my garment, I think by one stripe. And then I also shortened the sleeves by perhaps one stripe of each yarn. So I used a lot less. And since I used a lace weight rather than, I believe the pattern might be, oh, it's, it's knit with a fingering, a fingering yarn, I think. In the pattern, well, yes. Yeah. So I used a a lighter weight yarn so my garment is a lighter weight garment so the sleeves being a little bit shorter made more sense to me because it's not going to be a sweater that I will wear 
in extreme temperatures. <laughs> so I'm very happy with the way it came out. Haven't worn it yet. It'll be a springtime sweater for me. But as you know, we're getting there in our part of the state. So mm -hmm. It's a beautiful sweater, too. Yeah. Those two I, colors of gray work so well together. Yeah. I really look forward to wearing it. So that is Susurus by Hohi Locatelli. What have you finished, Gail? I had a big finish as well. I finished my self-indulgent knit-along sweater, which is Bright Feather by Jennifer Steingast, also a very size-inclusive knit. And I finished it during the Yarniax Zoom meeting yesterday, or Zoom call, <laughs> so I was able to model it for everybody, pre-blocked and before I had woven in ends. And it's almost dry. I blocked it today almost dry, so I will hopefully be taking pictures of it soon. Love it. The yarns I used are Madeline Tosh Prairie, which is their single-ply lace weight yarn in the colorway Coquette, which is a beautiful raspberry pink, and I held that doubled with La Bienname's Silk Mohair Lace Weight, and then the contrast color is Neighborhood Fiber Company's Discontinued Masonette Yarn, which is Laceweight Silk Merino, which is one of my favorites. Very sad it's gone. Yes, me too. I use the colorway Joyce Scott, which is a very, very, very light pink with specks of darker pink, and I held that doubled with Kid Silk Haze Silk Mohair in Natural Color. So the nice. contrast is very beautiful, just the kind of pinks I love. Yeah. And the pattern was fantastic. I look forward to knitting another Jennifer Steingast pattern in the future. It was very well written, very clear, very oh, easy. Cool. Yeah. That was it, your first one by that designer. First, yeah, right? yeah. First Jennifer Steingast. So actually, that's a good point. I got a new to me designer in already. Yeah. And in I've never knit one of hers. So that's great. We've more experience with another designer. Yeah. She's very prolific. She has so many beautiful color work sweaters out there, have, different yeah. weights. And yeah. We, I think we've stuff. stocked her, her patterns in the past. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And I also wanted to mention a plug. It is Black History Month in America for the month of February. And I've used the time so far in February to catch up on The Great Unlearn, which is a fantastic monthly syllabus that's provided to help people learn more about Black history and unlearn what some of us were taught in school that isn't accurate. And this is available through Instagram and online. You can just look up The Great Unlearn. It's Rachel Cargill is the name of the woman who provides all the information. And every month with the syllabus, she provides articles that you should look up and read, videos you should watch, TED Talk kind of things. And then she also has office hours where she meets with an expert in whatever that month's subject is. This month was intersectionality. And she provides, you can either attend that live or she provides an uploaded recorded version to watch later. So I've found that to be incredibly educational. And I've used this month to read a lot of books that I've wanted to read, including one I'm reading right now called The Beautiful Struggle by Ta-Nehisi Coates. And I mention this because he grew up in Baltimore, which is where Karita from Neighborhood Fiber Company lives. And he mentions a lot of the areas that are her colorway names for her yarn. Oh, that's so, cool. <laughs> yeah, her colorways are typically named after areas or neighborhoods or parks in Baltimore. And so he grew up in Madawin, which is one of my favorite colors of pink of Karita's. <laughs> so it was an interesting way to tie in Black History Month with knitting. So Yay. there you go. That's what I finished. Yay. And you mentioned Neighborhood Fiber Company, and we always see them at Stitches. And we both finished sweaters. And if we were going to Stitches, I think <gasps> these sweaters would be... Our stitches sweaters. They so would be. They would have been exactly what we wore our first day of stitches. Yeah. The highlight day exactly. of stitches. Or maybe exactly. multiple days at stitches. Who knows? Because you know how that is, folks. When you go to a festival, a lot of times knitters like to showcase their most recent piece. Heck yeah. Or maybe you've knit a wonderful piece that you want to show people. Something usually 
people take that opportunity to show off a little something. So, <laughs> yep. And what would we be doing right now if the oh, world was normal, Charlene? Today, what would we, we would, have spent our Sunday doing? We today? would probably, first and foremost, we would probably be planning our projects that we would be taking to knit Mm -hmm. at Stitches. We would be picking out sweaters to wear. (laughs) I think I would also, both of us, we would be looking through our cues and figuring out a shopping list. (laughs) We would also be looking at the list of vendors to create a list of vendors that we want to visit. And we would have been looking forward to seeing so many of our friends because next weekend would have been Stitches West 2021. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not. We're sad. (laughs) We're so sad. (laughs) So like most of the fiber events around the world, the one that we attend annually has been canceled because of the global pandemic. And... Usually, this is our event that we treat ourselves to. Big time. Yeah, that we splurge on. Gail and I typically go and stay at the event hotel so that we can spend as much time (laughs) visiting with people (laughs) instead of driving back and forth. And escaping our families for a few days. Yes, exactly. It's a big deal for me. Yes, that's, that's such the way to describe it. Because typically, I don't travel a lot. And this is a little bit of time away for both of us. And it it really is our big fibery splurge through the year. And it's, yep. the time is highly treasured, not only for the event itself, but like Gail mentioned, we treasure just the time that we can spend with our knitting friends. And typically we have a podcast get together on Saturday afternoon with our listeners and listeners of the Two Knit Lit Chicks podcast, Barb and Tracy are, are there as well. And we get together and people come and we sit and knit and it's so fun. <laughs> it is. It's one of those magical few hour spans where you're recovering all of your strength mm-hmm. from being on the floor for so many hours. You're recovering from the yarn fumes. You have something to drink. You sit down and you knit for a little while and you're all calm again. And then everybody shows off their purchases. Everybody's getting back in the mood because you know you have an hour or two back in the marketplace before the yep. day's over. So you go from this great little get together to let's go buy all the things again. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really fun. Yep. And we will miss it greatly this year, along with all of our friends who we only get to see this one time of the year. Yeah. Kim and yeah. Heather, we miss you so much. It's interesting because there really are a lot of folks who travel for this event. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are lots of events all over the world that people travel for. So when I say there are, you know, when I talk about this, this could be for whatever event you, our listeners, travel to or perhaps visit during the year. I mean, this is this is all of us in this together because exactly. we're all missing events and all missing each other. We could all use a little bit of event nostalgia right now, I think. Yes. (laughs) A revisiting in our our wonderful memories of the things we've enjoyed of Rhinebeck and Stitches and Vogue Knitting Live and Knit City and Edinburgh and Shetland Yarn Week and all of them that are everywhere around the world. So event nostalgia. I know you have a specific event that you treasure the memory of. I do. So one of my favorite Stitches events, besides just all the friends that we get to meet up with and the new friends we make at Stitches every year, the listeners who introduce themselves and end up as being friends, (laughs) that's the best part, of course. Yeah. But this particular memory, a few years ago, there was a storm that delayed some of the shipments of yarn. So remember, Stitches is, for most of us knitters, 
a fun event where we might take classes, we might buy yarn, we might visit friends, but for the vendors, it's a very big, important event in their sales calendar. So it's a very expensive event to vend at and their yarn shipping to and from the event is costly as well. So they're there to make money and have, you know, promote their brand awareness. Well, one year, thanks to the storm and a delay in shipment, there were vendors who didn't receive their yarn until just a couple of hours before the marketplace opened on Thursday evening. And this was one of our favorite vendors, Dragonfly Fibers. And Charlene typically goes up the day before stitches start. So on Wednesday, that's the earliest vendors can set up their booths. She usually goes up on Wednesday and helps Dragonfly Fibers set up their booth, comes home, and then she and I go over together on Thursday and spend Thursday helping Western Sky Knit set up their booth. Well, on this day, there was no yarn for Dragonfly Fibers <laughs> to set up their booth. This is a very stressful thing for the vendors, of course. It was so stressful. Yeah. So sad. And yeah. Everybody's hearts were thumping hard, hoping, hoping, hoping the yarn would get there. And it did. Thursday, a mere couple hours before the marketplace yeah. opened, their shipment arrived. And the behind the scenes part of Stitches, there's a lot of chaos out on that marketplace floor as everybody's trying to get yes. their booths set up. Yes. There are big trolley things where the union people bring your stuff on these carts and there are rules about where you can and can't put things and when you well, can and, and can't come on the floor. Yes, and there are rules about what has to be off the floor before they can open the floor to customers. Yeah. Specifically, you're once once it's time to open up for customers, you're done with the setup and all of the the big moving carts, the moving people, anything that's dangerous basically it has to be off the floor yeah. so that customers can come and shop safely. Yeah, so all those shipping pallets and yes. things like that, the giant boxes that the yarns kept in, that all has to be off the floor. So you have to factor in the time to get that taken away as well. Mm-hmm. So two hours before the show opens, Dragonfly Fibers Yarn shows up, and it was the coolest community event. All the vendors <laughs> are there to make some money, right? And they're all competing against one another, basically. So many different vendors and so many different people who were there came together to help Kate set up that booth in the last two hours before the marketplace (laughs) opened. It was the most synergistic, fantastic feeling of community because we were all like, tell us what to do. Yeah. Just tell me what you want me to do and I'll do it. And Kate was the director and she's telling everybody, okay, you're on this grid wall. You're on this grid wall. You unbox this yarn. You hang up this sample. And... With the people, it was almost too many people in the booth to be effective. (laughs) So some people were trying to cart things away, but in about two hours, we got that booth show ready. It it was actually less than two hours. I think it felt like two hours, but it was actually less because that was that was about the time that things arrived, and so everything had to hit the walls and get things pushed away, and it it was really quite a timed ballet of excellence that's a great way great way to describe it very synchronized ballet type of thing happening there and it also kate is very meticulous well kate doesn't own dragonfly fibers anymore but well she did when she did she was very meticulous and organized Mm -hmm. about her her booth she wanted certain things in certain places and she had charts and things like that yes to, to facilitate and the fact that it all came together that fast. And when people walked into the show, although the booth may not have been perfect to Kate's standards, I don't think anyone at that show would have realized that that was a last minute, throw it up and get it beautiful no, it organization. Was, it looked great. I know we continued to tweak it all weekend long, but the most important elements were there. Yep. So that the, is the what, yarn was there. There were samples and it, it worked out. It, it was worked beautiful out. the way it worked out. <laughs> that is definitely one of my favorite Stitches memories. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Because it's the power of community. Exactly. Yeah. And we all say the crafting community is amazing. And that was yeah. just such a perfect example of it. <laughs> it was. So that's a good one. 
one of the memories that I treasure is just attending with my mom. Now that my mom isn't here anymore, I look back on the times when we shopped and stitches used to be held when it was smaller. It used to be held at a different venue in Oakland. And my mom and I went to that one every year together. And she actually came to a couple of the ones once it moved to Santa Clara as well. I know that she came and walked around with us one mm-hmm. year. Yep, and I remember. So I'm very happy that I have those memories because like any other crafter, she loved going to She stitches. was so excited. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> she really was. She really was. And she's the one who brought me into it because she loved the event. So I'm very happy that I have that memory to look back on. Yeah, I'm glad my mom's come with us several times, and I'm hoping, even though she's moved away to Oregon, she moved away and left me, I still think I can talk (laughs) her into coming down for stitches in the future. Well, maybe now that it's in Sacramento, maybe that's a couple hours closer for her, so that might help. That That might be able to convince her. Yeah, and my brother and his family live near Sacramento, so she'll work in the family visit. That's true. So now that you've got that all planned out you'll have to let her know (laughs) hopefully she's listening and she'll know before i even call her (laughs) that works and for those of you who can't make it to a festival especially this year or if you're just not a festival person there are ways that you can enjoy especially this year they're doing a lot of online festivals including online classes which yes we've heard from a lot of our friends and In particular, my friend Mary has attended quite a few of the online classes, and at, I think it was Vogue Knitting Live just a week or two ago, she attended the African Flower Motif Crochet class online, and she's raved about these classes. And I don't usually attend classes at events because I have serious FOMO, fear of missing out, and (laughs) I'm worried that while I'm attending class, there's some amazing thing happening that I'm missing out on. But with the online classes, I think I could be tempted because... I'm not missing out on anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did notice, though, one event, and I don't know which event this was, but I did notice that they had a warning that said they don't give refunds if your internet connection isn't good enough for the class. Mm. So just beware of that, because that made me a little cautious for that event, because... We have had power outages here, and every once in a while, we do have internet outages. So I would be very bummed if I were out the $150, I think it was, class registration fee, and there was no recourse for getting a refund. Yeah. So buyer beware. I'm hoping, though, that they are recording these online classes. It would be foolish if they didn't because they can market them later and sell them later. That's so true. That's, that's something true. If you're worried about internet connectivity, if yeah, you live in a I place just, where it's rough, I would, I would check just be into worried that. about that. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely have to read the fine print. Yes, that's always wise. Yeah. And other ways you can attend events yet not actually be there is via podcasts. There are a lot of video podcasts available on YouTube where people have gone and attended events and done great summaries. There are great ones about Rhinebeck, Edinburgh, Shetland Wool Week. There are just some fantastic podcasts out there that you can Mm -hmm. watch and get the same kind of excitement vicariously of course is not the same as being there but for those of us who don't like big crowds sometimes that's better exactly exactly because festivals certainly are not for everyone no but if you like to see independent dyers and accessories and see what else is out there in the knitting world that's always fun to attend virtually or watch virtually yeah you can still see it which is amazing And one podcast in particular I wanted to mention is Fruity Knitting. They have a catalog of about 110, I think, podcasts right now. And I, in preparation for today's episode, watched their episode 87, Shetland Wool Week, because I wanted to get in the vibe of attending an event. And I thought, I'll pick one that's not even in America. And they've done other episodes on Vogue Knitting Live, the Edinburgh Yarn Festival, etc., 
And this episode, they interviewed a young lady who shows her work at the Shetland Wool Week festivities, 21-year-old. Her name is Lauren Anderson, and she knits the most incredible lace, stunning Shetland lace work. And she's won the overall award at Shetland Wool Week, in addition to many other blue ribbons and trophies and things like that. I was blown away by how beautiful her work is at just 21 years old. So that was interesting to see. And another tie-in to the Yarniacs, they were demonstrating a knitting belt and how to use a knitting belt, (laughs) which we just talked about a couple episodes ago. So they did a demonstration of the woman who was voted fastest knitter at Shetland Wool Week many, Hmm. many years in a row and how she uses her knitting belt. So she demonstrated it and kind of gave some tips on how to use it, which was really interesting because I hadn't watched any videos yet. So one of the things that they stressed was for people who have hand and arm injuries or chronic pain, it can be another way to knit without the pain. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. And I also wanted to put in a plug for Fruity Knitting. Anybody who already has heard of them and has watched their podcasts, you may know that The podcasting team is a wife and husband, Andrew and Andrea, and the husband is gravely ill right now, and they are asking for donations from anyone who is a watcher who may be willing to give him a donation. So I just wanted to put that plug in. If you're a Fruity Knitter podcast watcher, it might be really helpful for them right now. Okay. All right. I'm going to be sad that we're not at Stitches, but... Yeah. I, Air hugs to our friends. Yeah. We'll miss you greatly. <laughs> Those episodes have always been some of my favorite to record when we record our little daily uh-huh. tidbits. Summaries. <laughs> I, I enjoy that. So I might have to go back and listen to some of that just to relive those memories. <laughs> well, I was also thinking we should do a Where Are They Now, where we talk about the things we were stocking at different ah. stitches. Because like the Calyx sweater, I remember yes. when Elizabeth already debuted that sweater, you were so excited and you've yeah. knit it twice now. Yeah, So it would be interesting to see the things yeah. that we were so fascinated or in love with at stitches. Did we actually knit them? Yeah. Or maybe they'll get point. back on our radar too. Because I have true. pattern on UE right now. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Happy knitting. Happy knitting, everyone. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.